0: 8:02 on a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Halford Bruv Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff of the morning is brought to you by the Dalari Family of Acura Dealers. Experience the Dalari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Good tune. I keep it heavy for Murph. A dog is headbanging back there. Oh, I'm
1: loving it, man. Take me back to my touring days.
0: What was the lack of a better term hardest? Group you ever toured with, or maybe just got to watch while? Oh, there.
1: I mean, we toured with a lot of like death metal
0: acts. And stuff really? Like
1: that. So th- this is actually this kind of music that's playing right now is on the more generic end of the metal. Not to say it's bad. Yes. But we toured with some heavy, heavy bands. What were those guys like in person? Very nice and sweet and calm and quiet, usually. The exact opposite of their onstage personas. I found the heavier the They're band... They're like NHL enforcers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The heavier the band, the nicer and the quieter the dudes were. Well, I'd look know. where
2: metal bands come from. It's like Finland, Sweden. It's like the nicest people. And yeah. Like Finnish metal,
1: death metal. metal. Yeah. The cra- the craziest guys were like the pop acts and the, the acoustic and the folk guys. Those were the weirdest ones. <laughs>
3: why, why do you think that is, though, getting back to the death metal, that you've got all these quiet, friendly people that are like... Not so quiet and friendly on the stage. To be it, honest,
1: I've always wondered that. I don't know quite how it translates, but yeah, just for whatever reason, death metal
0: dudes. <laughs> just from my from my experience, right, guys, they're, they're just, filled yeah, with they're just seething chill. rage, but they also have the wherewithal to know they can't release it in modern society. Yeah, we have right. the proper they outlet found, for it. Yeah, which is on the their stage. Outlet, yeah, yeah.
2: Death metal dudes, great in the room. Great yeah, in the room. Really good in the room. Great yeah. in the room. Little Canucks on edge. Little,
0: little on edge, but <laughs> overall pretty good.
2: The Canucks bring in Slipknot.
0: That a move they can do. Halford, they, uh, okay, anyway. Halford and Breath of the Morning is also brought to you by Campbell & Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell & Pound. You can do so by visiting them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. Finally, uh, a quick public service announcement from my previous public service announcement. Don't take your laptops or computers to North Star Metal Recycling.
3: Throw them in the river.
0: That is the safe and uh, environmental thing to do, is throw them in a body of water. They're biodegradable, right? Yes, they, <laughs> The fishes will take care of them. Yeah, look like at a fish computer. Don't do that either. There are places to go. Don't don't throw things in the river. Is this really what we've come to as a show? Is this it? Is this is what my life is. Like do
3: we have to tell the listeners this, not yeah. to throw stuff in the river? It's like when Homer and Marge are forced to take the parenting class.
2: Put the garbage in the garbage can. Mm, I can't stress sense.
0: this enough, people. If your fridge isn't working, find a cool wet sack. I'm writing it down. I'm like, nice. That does make sense.
2: Uh, garbage Dan, in garbage can.
0: Checks out. I mean, you know. Okay, we need to focus here. Uh, once again, we have lost focus. Uh, Dan Murphy, Sportsnet's very own, is going to join us from Minnesota, where the Canucks tomorrow night will take on the Minnesota Wild, who are now officially not off to as bad of a start as the Canucks. Yes, they've lost all three of their games. Uh, yes, they have 20, 20 goals allowed which is a remarkable total. But again, the Canucks are now winless in four, and then Wilder only winless in three. What a setup. Joining us now, Sportsnet's very own Dan Murphy, here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Murph?
4: What is going on, fellas?
0: Not much. How's Minnesota?
4: Uh, sunny, a little chilly, but not too bad. Columbus was actually, there was a little snow falling when we landed there at whatever one in the morning a couple of nights ago, so... It's uh, it's usually pretty sunny here in, in, in St. Paul.
3: How have, yeah, the, not too bad. how have those trips been uh, in the charter uh, after <laughs> yeah. these games? I, I imagine pretty quiet. You and Shorty just, like, whispering to each other. It's like, let's
4: just, uh, okay, let's not, let's quickly, not. Yeah. Quickly into the headphones. Quickly yeah, into the headphones yeah, to yeah, watch movies enough. or whatever. Um, yeah, you know what? It's, uh, I've long said you can't let, you know, the day-to-day, you know, results, affect you but it is you know it's more fun to be around a team that's winning it's more fun to cover a team that's winning um you know it's uh you can already feel like uh this is even before actually a tension right i mean um a kind of a weight <clears throat> on uh, kind of surrounding the team and you know it's pretty early for that you know four games in but i think it's just because of of last season the way they started the way the focus going into this season was we have to have a good start, and you know, it's not just the losses; it's the way they're losing, uh, it's the blowing of leads, it's the not even you know getting it to overtime until last night. Um, you know, all these things factor into the frustrations, and you know, I, I know Bruce alluded to last night in his posting comments that guys weren't happy. You could tell by all the stick throwing, and I, I didn't look down the the hallway when the guys were coming off the ice, but there was a lot of foul language and a lot of s- stick smashing, if you will. I-, I know a lot of sticks didn't make it to St. Paul on the charter. Um, so there's real frustrations. And, um, you know, I, I, I you hope that they can get a win soon. Uh, you hope that they can feel good about something soon because, you know, uh, it's where a week, just over a week into the season. And, man, it feels like a whole lot more than that.
3: Well, I mean, I've I've heard people saying, well, they can't afford to dig a hole like they did last season. Uh, the hole is already a couple feet deep. Mm-hmm. Like, is it yeah, not? It like- I mean, there's four. That's four games. That's that's not the whole season. I know there's 78 left, but they have one point in these yeah. four games. And, They're and, already looking up in the standings quite significantly.
4: Yeah, and you don't. You know, you hate to look at. Uh, the big picture. I mean, we can, right? I mean, this is what we do. We always look at the big picture and say, Oh my God, they, to get to 96 points, they have to go 15 games over 500. I haven't done the math, but you know, you, you look at it that way and you say like, can they do it? Like, are we already looking at another season in which they need to play, you know, at a, a, a almost an unsustainable rate to get there? We're not at that point yet. Um, but that said, I mean, uh, you haven't won a game. Um I know you started all five in a row, but there's some winnable games in here. And the fact that you had leads in every single one of the multi-goal leads just adds to, you know, the anguish of the players knowing like, man, we could have had a good start. And, you know, look at all the games and, you know, I think they were quite good in Edmonton. You know, I know that they kind of created special teams, really did them in there. Um, But Philly, they weren't very good. Um, Washington, they were pretty good for two periods. Uh, and then they just totally imploded in the third. And then last night again, I thought that they competed super hard, but they were taking on a team that hadn't won uh, in three games as well, uh, and a team that I mean, if you would ask most Canucks fans, they should beat. So, and now you're going to another building tomorrow against a team that hasn't won, uh, that's going to be hungry to win. And I think that you know, I think most pundits would have said that, despite some of the the players they lost, and most notably Fiala, I think some pundits would say that, you know, Minnesota is probably projected ahead of Vancouver in the standing. So, uh, it's, you know, getting that first win tomorrow won't be easy. And then you start looking at the schedule, when's it going to come? I mean, Buffalo's always been a bad matchup for them. They just beat Edmonton. So, um, uh, we look at the macro, but when you do that, it can get awfully depressing. So you just hope the players can kind of refocus, re-energize. I don't believe they're skating today and going to tomorrow's game, uh, Trying to feel good about you know some of the positives they've had, and try to get that first win so there's not another uh, you know uh, open casket flight on the way back home from Minnesota. Uh,
0: Two part question here for you, Murph. One, what, what did you think of uh, the decision to scratch Connor Garland, and then what did you think of Boudreaux's explanation for the decision to scratch Connor Garland?
4: Um, you know, I, probably not the guy I would have scratched, but you know, it's a decision that I'm not going to you know, spent a whole lot of time thinking about. I mean, someone had to come out. Um, I would have said that before the Washington game that it would have been Hoaglander, but I think Hoaglander was one of the better forwards in Washington. Um, so I, I will say that. Uh, the explanation, yeah, I'm fine with it. Like, I I was actually more kind of, you know, I, I was thinking more about the Burroughs scratch, if we're being honest. So, sure uh, just in terms of the way the two players were playing going into that game. And I thought that, uh, you know, the explanation on Burroughs was fine as well. I mean, you're, you're, you want to go left, right combinations, you get Pullman back. I also think that this, you know, this team, I don't know if it's coach and management driven. They, I think they do worry about, uh, not having enough size. Um, and so, you know, you, you have a chance to get Myers back and pull him back. Uh, Despite the fact that Burroughs plays much bigger than his size, but maybe that's another reason too why you know Garland was uh the guy that they they pulled out of the lineup. Um, I would suggest he won't be sitting uh tomorrow, but um, I guess i I reserve the right to be totally wrong on that, like i've been on in many different uh opinions uh in my life.
3: Can the Canucks keep playing j t Miller down the middle
4: uh I I mean, I I think all options should be on the table now. I think, um, you know, I think that I wouldn't mind seeing, like whoever Pedersen's played with so far, uh, Pedersen's proven he can drive the line. I wouldn't mind seeing them play those two together. You have to get Miller kind of out of his funk here because he's one of those guys that I think wears it uh, as much as anyone, the frustration and the anger. So, um, you know, really Horvat had his best game of the season uh, last night. Uh, we're still waiting to see Miller's. Um, the one thing I was, one thing I was happy to see is that uh, they went away from Miller Lazar right away uh, in the in the PK for the first uh, two going out there. That obviously had not worked. Um, you know, Miller's PK numbers have been you know you know quite poor over the last couple of seasons. So I'm glad they made that change. Um, and the, you know, I you can still play him down the middle, but he hasn't proven to be able to drive a line yet this season. I'm not going to write him off as a centerman. I mean, the guy almost had 100 points last season, but I think that the they should be thinking to you know for the third straight game, uh, maybe re-jig, rejig some lines. Although I do think the last night was was much much, much better than what we saw in uh, in Washington, especially more in Philly.
0: No, it's I mean, we had a lot of people text in and say, and, I, and rightly so. If last night's game had happened uh, in a vacuum or on its own, where yeah, you blew a two-goal lead against Columbus, but you fought yeah. hard and you played well and you had a chance and you probably deserved a better fate. It would have been yeah. an entirely different conversation than the one we're having, which is yeah. just tack this one on to the other ones, throw it on the pile. of This team just cannot maintain a multi-goal lead. And it kind of brings you back to that conversation about, you know, I mean, Boudreaux said it himself, the, the mentally weak nature of the team and how fragile they are right now. Because just look what they were eight days, nine days into the season, Murph. There's already yeah. been, and I've mentioned this already, but I'll reiterate it. There's been a uh, players-only meeting. There's mm-hmm. been a prominent veteran, Healthy Scratched. Uh, and they flew Myers out mid-trip to get him in the lineup because obviously they they needed that victory. Like they've already gone to the playbook of you know the desperate team playbook <laughs> a few times already. Like someone jokingly texted in like next up is where two guys fight in practice, and I'm like, well just wait and see when do they practice next? But it's this is the way that things are going when teams are floundering and they're searching for answers. You get these kind of playbook moves, and it's just very
4: disheartening that it's happened this early in the season. Well, and I think that speaks to you know the desperation this team feels, the management group, the coaching staff. I think they feel like they're in it, De- and we're definitely, weekend, definitely, right? They feel like that it this is this is kind of make or break stuff. This is tense. This is um, you know, if they keeps sliding, then we're talking about another uh, uphill battle. Like I didn't think, and listen again, we're a weekend, right? I mean, last year, what was it? They won eight of their first twenty-five, and you know the the losses, the losses feel worse. I think this season because of the leads they've had, but they've no question they're playing better this season than they did at the start of last season,
3: right? Yes, I think
4: so. I mean, and that's that. What six game road trip start last year? It wasn't exactly murderer's row, right? I mean, that was they could have they came back from that one. I think. Three, two, and one—is that correct? Something two and th- like that?
3: two and three, I think. Wasn't it like it was a? Wasn't it a okay. weird road trip where did they beat Edmonton in their first game and then they lost to Buffalo and no, Detroit? I, but played. Am I? I'll tell you
4: right well, now what happened. I know. I, I think I can say because I looked it up. They kay. lost in a shootout to Edmonton. Okay. They beat Philly in a shootout. They lost in Detroit and Buffalo, and then they won in Chicago. They were three, two, Chicago. and one. They okay. Were, yeah. Right. I one. forgot the Philly so, game. But, but, but look at but look at those teams, right? And so I think that this year that they're playing better been last year at the start but somehow it feels worse because of the fashion in which they've lost.
3: But you know I, I I don't know I think I'd push back a little bit on on how they've played because I think yeah. I think you know they've there have been times when you know they, again, the again the the best the best they ever looked was the first period against the Oilers. Yeah. So in reality they did get off to a good start to the season. It just didn't <laughs> last long enough and I agree with your general assessment that overall they played pretty well in Edmonton, and when you've got McDavid and Drysdale on the other side, and your special teams aren't clicking well, that's what can happen, right? I don't yeah, think they totally. played well at all in Philly. No, um,
4: they didn't deserve to have a two nothing lead in that game. You no, know, sure.
3: and I think they were fine at best in Washington, and Columbus. You know, Philly and Columbus. You looked at their lineup, and you know the Canucks should beat those teams. I, I agree, and I agree. so I think. The, you know, when you just look at some of the the defensive lapses that they've had, they were given a challenge this offseason, first of all, to have a better start, but also a challenge to the coaching staff to be more detail-oriented. And then you see some of the mistakes they make, whether it's positioning in their own end, uh, not being aware in their own end, or not managing the puck in the offensive end sometimes, you know, giving up odd man rushes on when they're when they've got a power play like I I have trouble like even if they they have their odd good stretch like I have trouble saying that the Canucks played better than they did last season because I think it's pretty even like they were they were not good enough at the beginning of last season and they haven't been good enough this season
4: yeah and I don't, and I don't know I, I certainly can't say if this is a coaching issue um uh, but I think that if you look at that third period in Washington. Um, it was That was player-driven. I mean, yeah, how careless – there was a stretch there, and I don't know if it was four and four. Well, I don't know how many, you know, drop passes in the neutral zone. It on was the crazy. Line I saw in about a two- or three-minute stretch. Crazy. Right. And I don't think that's – the coaches aren't telling them to make those passes, right? Um, and then if you talk about defensive lapses, I mean, we've talked all summer long and going into the season that, you know, is the defense good enough? I mean, the, the president said the defense, when healthy, is adequate. Right. So are we surprised? Is it going to be defensive lapses if, especially, you know, everybody makes fun of Tyler Myers, but I mean, they need him in the lineup. They need him to eat minutes. They need need him to kill penalties. He is one of their top four guys. Um, So, I mean, I, I I don't know if it's X's and O's at this point or if it's player execution, but I mean, certainly a lot of times it seems like when things are going pear-shaped it's the players that are panicking a little bit on the ice. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. I'd agree with a lot of the assessments that come. It's probably not just one thing, and hopefully the Canucks can turn this around uh, against the Wild. It's not,
4: the it's not, have... the...
0: Oh,
3: it's not the broadcast. It's
0: not the. it's not the broadcast. You guys are doing a fantastic job.
3: The broadcast has been excellent.
4: But Exemplar. if it is the broadcast, it's
0: Shorthouse's fault. Right. We know me who. Me to... We know who to blame. Um, speaking you of you and
3: Cheech, have been excellent.
0: Yes, you guys have been good. And Harm <laughs> was on the panel yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't. I just got yes. word passed along. I mean, apparently he did a really good job as well. Yeah. And I know yeah, Shorty's listening right now. Apparently, he can.
4: Yeah, I think he can I actually hear you through the hotel. He can room hear walls you through the hotel
3: room. Yeah. So you're 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 talking a little a few bit loud.
4: Rooms down. I think it's few rooms down. But yeah, he always has his earbuds in, marching around like a loser. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Murph, thanks for doing this, bud. Enjoy a day off in Minnesota. Uh, we'll do this again next week. All right,
4: boys. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to
0: you soon. That's Dan Murphy here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet. Uh, So uh, in case you're wondering what's going on, uh, it's an off day today for the Vancouver Canucks. No practice in Minnesota. The next media availability will be following the game day skate tomorrow. Time to be determined. So it's going to be all quiet on the Canucks front out of Minnesota today.
3: Uh, Let's do our What We Learns now. Sure. And then we can turn it over to the listeners for the final segment of the Halford and Bruff Show. Just a reminder, get your What We Learns in. We need some more. And I imagine some of you are tired of texting in negative what we learns about the Canucks, so feel free. I don't know. Text in a positive one if you want. I don't know. Or text in something about the rest of the NHL or something else in the world of sports. Text in something or Jason will get angry, essentially. Yeah. Yep, yep. You get mad when we don't flag stuff. It's true. Whatever. Well, because then it's all on me to flag stuff, right? I don't get mad at you, laddie. I get mad at Halford. He's... The co-host what here. Did,
0: um, what did you get called the other day that set you off? An emotional baby. Yeah, yeah. I won't do that. It I was w- a little more
1: graphic than that, but sure. the I will not call
0: Jason an emotional. baby. <laughs> he starting to get upset already? Look,
3: no, I'm a robot. The Canucks can't hurt me anymore. <laughs> He's a
0: tiny emotional baby robot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, who's got what we learned? It's Andy? No. Greg? I have one. Good.
2: As you guys know, I've been following a lot. On the BCHL showcase that's happening currently in Chilliwack. I did not know that. <laughs> I am watching it. Okay. I have to because I work for the league. Yes, but right, also, of course. I discovered the other day what we learned mm-hmm. the Chilliwack Chiefs have a forward who is six foot nine, what? 249 pounds. Really? Wow. He what? is a behemoth. What's his name? Aaron Davidson.
0: Tell me more about Aaron Davidson, the well, six foot nine, 245 pound behemoth.
2: He's 20 years old. And he played in Florida last year despite being from Ontario. Interesting. And played in the junior B league before that in Ontario. And he got picked up by the Chiefs this year and he actually has some good skill. There was a nice play, he got his first point, got an assist in the game yesterday. Mm-hmm. And he actually did a nice move. He got his he's got an insanely long stick cuz he's 6 foot 9. He's got like a chara like yeah, stick essentially. He essentially. Mm-hmm. But he was stick handling around guys and he was Making some nice moves. He set up a nice goal. And he's a forward. And he's a forward. That's okay, the that's the so, surprising part. Is he's so a you're, forward? So
0: you're you're clearly bringing this up because of my fascination with Elmer Soderblom, <laughs> right? So this for those that don't know, uh, Soder is it Soderblom or Soderblom? I don't know. You just pronounce them all, and eventually you get it right. He's on Detroit. Yes, uh, he is not quite as big as our guy from the Chilliwack Chiefs. He's 6'8", 250. Now I've again you've seen Chara play defense this monster size so you've kind of got a prototype but char played a very particular style of mm-hmm. game right yeah it's 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 kind of funny watching a guy that big play forward because it just looks so odd you're starting to see it though it's like it's it, like buffling.
2: it was the case in the, in the past where the guy's big enough you just stick him back on d it's like guy can't skate stick him yeah. in goal it's not that way anymore you're seeing yeah. bigger and bigger forwards. it's just
0: so tall it's so tall it's just
2: jarring to see somebody yeah. that tall in general
0: because you're, you're 6'10 on skates yeah okay yeah. here's
3: some trivia for you guys yes um, who do you? I'm just looking at your laptop screen to make sure that you don't have this page up.
0: It doesn't actually work.
3: Who is the heaviest player listed in the NHL currently? Currently,
1: Ovechkin. No,
3: nope.
0: damn. The heaviest player in the NHL. Judas? If if currently. I if I gave
3: a hint, it would just be too obvious. No,
0: let me let me think. Let me think. Is it Phil Kessel?
3: His sister might be more famous. His is it Phil Kessel?
0: Is it Phil Kessel? <laughs> <laughs> no. His sister might Alexiak? be more famous.
3: There you go. Jamie Alexa. Oh yeah, he's a nice big guy. Listed boy. at two hundred and fifty-seven pounds. Oh, I
0: I almost said out loud. Jeff Skinner. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, two hundred and forty-eight pounds is Nikita Zadorov in Calgary, and then uh, Soderblom is at 246 heaviest pounds. Heaviest forward. I wonder what. Yeah, he's the heaviest forward, and hmm. then Luch is close to him. at two... Luch is two hundred and forty pounds listed.
0: Yikes! I bet. I feel like that's light for Luch. Yeah. Uh, him, I, I've the, seen
3: I've seen him at some golf tournaments around here. I think he looks about that. You um he is about, he is uh Luch is easily the most intimidating hockey player I've ever seen in person 'cause he always has he always has a bit of like a growl mm-hmm. on his face too. Like kinda looks frown. like he's gonna punch you if you're not yeah. careful. Yeah. 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 Like I just steer clear of that guy. Yeah. <laughs> How's
0: but the golf a, game going Luch? As a you you've always been a tall skinny, right? You've never it never got like
3: I got a little doughy in my early twenties, I would say. <laughs> I don't know if it made me made me any more intimidating.
0: Uh, no, but I'm just saying. You you made Who's it that you- tall doughy guy over there. Yeah, yeah.
3: It's the crown and coke and the pizza after the bar. Yeah. <laughs> She's really grown into this doughiness.
0: Been described as uncomfortably puffy. <laughs>
1: A full <laughs> roll of garlic bread for dinner five days a week. And yeah. that's, that's what happens. Yeah. I
3: don't know. That doesn't, like, make the muscles cut.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, we got to go to break. Oh, Moo Cow. That one. That was a good one, Lottie. Ah. Do you have anything pressing that you want to do? Otherwise, we'll just move on to the humanoids here.
3: No, I just kind of want some. Pizza and Crown and Cokes now. now I'll be now, honest now, with you, I do
1: kind of have an interesting one because it pertains to right outside our work. Sure, go for it. Uh, the tunnel boring is now underway at the Broadway Subway. So I don't know if people have ever been around Broadway and uh, Camby and the, that, that that whole area. Yeah, Broadway a, and where it's we are right now—construction now.
0: nightmare, uh, West Eighth or whatever it is. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah, it's just a, it is a construction nightmare. But these boring machines—if you ever see them in person—they are absolutely massive. And it's going to take an entire year for this thing to get through the entire track. Right, but these—if you actually like lean over the edge and look at how big these machines are—they mm-hmm. named this one Elsie. I don't know why they named it Elsie, but oh. that's its name. It's this absolutely massive machine, and it's—it's it's really impressive to see uh, in person. But you—you you could feel it when you are walking past it; like you could feel the vibration. It's very—it's
0: a little intense, but it's cool. Is that what you are going to do after work? You are just going to go? I am just going to stand
1: there for an hour. Yeah, like bo- this old the boring bit. machine, B- tunnel bo- boring. Bo- yeah. B- yeah, it's yeah. called B-O-R-I-G. Oh, Boring.
0: Yeah, You should have dad joked it. There's nothing boring about watching it go to work.
1: <laughs> I felt it while driving,
2: actually, the other day. You could feel the vibrations.
0: Um, well, this definitely took a turn I didn't expect, but I appreciate the non-sports, what we learned, and I will now go watch Andy's it.
3: like one of those kids that hangs out by like the construction sites and gets <laughs> really into it. You guys doing a good it. job. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Everyone's the cement everyone, mixer. Everyone keep working. When I
3: grow up, I want to drive a bulldozer.
1: <laughs> Do you notice that? There's a fascination, certain fascination with 70 plus year old gentlemen watching construction being built. Yeah. They you like know, seeing stuff. But being it's built. A, once you hit a certain age, I find there's a specific demographic that you really know enjoys what, it.
3: You know what I find that I do now as I get older? I will point out every construction site and what <laughs> used to be on it. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's something, because I'm a born and raised Vancouverite, so Same. I've been here almost 50 years. Like, I remember when that was a warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> great. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, that was a gas station. And I think it had some leaks. It took a while before they could actually build on it. They had to bring the environmental crews out. And the person who's with me is like, "Uh, I would like to get out of this conversation. It's like
1: that tweet. Once you hit a certain age, you become a bird watcher. You just suddenly, once you hit like 50, you just suddenly start noticing birds of all kinds. Yeah. (laughs) Now at the risk- Take that grouse. (laughs) (laughs) You just never do that pre-50, you know, but all of a
0: sudden you're like- at the, at the risk of ruining this. Is uh, that a warbler? Do... <laughs> we... Is that a wild zebra head? We're doing it again. We're all joke-topping. Sorry. again. Andy's... They must
3: have changed the zoning here because... Uh, <laughs> there it is. It's a... Uh... Tower on that site now <laughs> Maybe I remember when it was Single family residential
1: Look at all the grouses On that construction site Maybe, Maybe. I this deck
3: Some call Sportsnet 650 A boring machine <laughs>
1: We have a winner <laughs> Because it takes us one year To get to a point <laughs> Touch, Touché
0: Dear listener Touché You're listening
3: on to The Halford and Brough Show On Sportsnet 650 Send in your What
0: we learned Time now for Sportsnet 650 traffic From the City News 1130 Air Patrol The show. Well that's a talk to the audience. Oh god, this is always dead. 834 on a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Halford Bruff SportsNet 650. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura Dealer. Today. We are also brought to you by Campbell & Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell & Pound. Visit Campbell-Pound.com today.
3: We're coming to you live from the Kintec studio, Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star
0: Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintec.net. Some love for A-Dog here in the Dunbar Lumber text message in-basket. Text comes in, it's unsigned, so it must be from Gary. Finally, someone who's actually funny. Good hire, guys. That totally rounds out the team. One funny guy and two guys who desperately want to be. Wow, that was a
1: real shot at Halford yeah. and Laddie. It was both wow. a compliment and exist. an insult at the same
0: time. Uh, I don't even yeah. exist. at Three people.
3: No, I no, know. no. You're the you're the two guys that uh, you're one of the two guys that desperately wants to be funny. Oh, i He didn't mention me. Well, I'm like, what about me? Okay.
0: He had me in the first half there. I thought that was going to be a lot more positive than how <laughs> it ended up. Okay, let's uh, fire up the dot matrix. The rest of them a little nicer. Uh, Ask us anything here. I'm gonna start. I'm doing an Ask Us Anything on a Wednesday. I don't even care. Yeah, I don't care. Whoa. Have either of well we're talking about old guy stuff. Yeah. Right. So he said, have either of you old guys tried the icy hot back rub, aka the stuff that Shaq sells. No, I have. I have, courtesy of my brother, it's the strongest, most potent heat rub slash liniment known to mankind. Oh, what is it? I, I don't even know the name. I think he got it off the dark web. Right. I don't know where he got it from. I've never seen it before or after. Was it
3: the same stuff they used in Revenge of the Nerds?
0: Way worse. Way worse. And I, I, I don't even care what it felt like. Because I've mm-hmm. had the same situation happen. You know what happens with the Revenge of the Nerds? It gets on the jockstrap. Yeah. Uh, I, too, have gotten too close. Uh-oh. I flew too close to the sun, right, as it were. And the pain, what? Like, I'm not joking. Mm-hmm. Unbearable. And there's nothing you can do about nothing it. You nothing you can do about it. It's inescapable. Like, get put water up. on it. Nope, nope. <laughs> it makes Noth- it worse. <laughs> nothing works. Just excruciating. Just run around in circles. Yeah. And you know what the weird part is? I'm really into it. <laughs> <laughs> Does it every night. That's his, that's a pre-show warm up. <laughs> at first, it was not great, and then suddenly it got great. Now I'm out of I'm out of liniment, and I don't know where to get it because I don't know how to get it on the dark web. Anyway, that was just my my PSA for. Do a lot of PSAs this morning. I see how it is good though. Is it? Yeah,
2: I've used it a few times. It okay. works.
0: It, I, feel like we, I, I feel like we... I prefer the
2: old school heat. This, this,
3: this is a very good what we learned yes. to read right now in the wake of that conversation. Yes. John and Canby Village, what we learned, the Canucks have already got you guys to the point that you will talk about anything but the team. Seriously. Yeah. Boring machines, bird watching, what buildings used to be there. Uh, Yeah. Uh,
0: it's it, it's one of those us? like...
3: <laughs> if you can't say anything nice... Don't say
0: anything at all. You should see the grin on Bruff's face right now. <laughs> it's like when Lenny finds out that the power plant is closing, but he's got the permanent grin. This is the worst day of my life. Yeah. Like he's, you're, I, I I, don't want to say I give, uh, give you credit because I feel kind of bad because you're almost at the point of so frustrated that you just don't have any more frustration to give. That's just, not good.
3: I just miss big games. I that's know. that's all a miss. I, I was watching that. This is the
2: worst day of my life. <laughs>
3: Watching that Mariners game uh, over the weekend, too, when, I mean, I went 18 innings. It was fun to watch. It was fun to see Mariners fans into a game again. And I'm like, when was the last time when I was at a game where it felt really high stakes and, you know, one of my teams was in this game? When I was was at this game, right? Like, the, the Canada soccer run was awesome for them to get into the World Cup. But we never got to go go to any of those games. I was gonna right? say the
1: bubble, but I was like, oh, wait, nobody was there. They were playing in front of no one. So yeah,
3: that's what I'm talking we about. Like the line's enjoyed the
0: bubble, but it wasn't the same what he's talking about.
3: I didn't enjoy the bubble at all, frankly, overall. Like it was I had some good times, I guess, watching the Canucks, but but overall, the whole time I was thinking like this is nice, it would be nicer if the fans were there. Totally. Right? Like in the back of my mind, I was sitting there going It just going, felt weird. It just felt You know, I mean, we were doing the best we could, right? And I think that was a credit to uh, the league and the players that they did that. They did the best that they could. There was a lot of people that said, shut down everything. Everything must stop when that wasn't realistic. They found a way to do it. It wasn't perfect, but it was something. It was better than nothing. Mm -hmm. But now, since things seem to be returning to normal, like, I want to attend a big game. The Lions are probably going to host a playoff game. That'll be something. I don't know what the atmosphere will be like at BC plays. Hopefully, it'll be good.
1: Well, if Nathan Rourke returns, it'll be awesome. It'll be yes. It'll be explosive.
3: He practiced. A, he's been practicing he again. Has and been, f- yeah. I've been following. Crossing your fingers. Farhan yeah. a little bit, and he and he was on Twitter, and he said he's he's starting to look a little bit. Um, more mobile, right? I mean, that's
1: just a big thing. He doesn't scream every time he throws <laughs> the football. <laughs> oh, <my> God.
0: Are <laughs> you doing over there, Nathan?
1: I'm not doing so good. Why are you rushing me back? Yeah.
0: He's got it down to a yip. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> uh, the searing foot pain has subsided.
1: <laughs> Alfred gave me some of this mental rub. And it's gone from bad to worse. <laughs> <laughs> I can't read any of the writing.
3: <laughs> I, Nathan, I told you to put it on your <laughs> groin, not your foot. Oh, Marcus and Gibson's what we learned. Oh. I learned that the home opener I'm going to might have the same atmosphere as the last Canucks game I saw live last year against Pittsburgh when the jersey toss happened, and I sadly couldn't be more excited about it. Yeah, but we've got to get out of this rut. hmm of being excited for games just in case something terrible happens to the team. I know. You know? I know. I remember, This is, I guess this is a decade ago now, um, at least, when the Toronto Maple Leafs games would be must-see TV to see how badly they were going to screw it up. Yeah. And these were the years of Randy Carlisle and uh, who was the guy that replaced him? Uh God! What was his oh, name? Oh, Peter Horcheck. Peter Horcheck, right? Yeah. Like they House they would they would find ways, you know, like to bl- to blow these games. It would either be just a horrible start, or they'd blow leads, and you just kind of watch because you're wondering what was going to happen. And in Toronto, they were watching it because like it was kind of like how much longer can this last before you have to make some significant moves and start again and rebuild, uh, et cetera, et cetera, like. This season has almost got off to that start where you're kind of like, man, like, can one more bad thing, if one, like, what is going to be the straw that broke the camel's yeah. back on the season? We're only into four games of the season, and we're already feeling like that.
0: Uh, soapy, I think it's Soapy on the island. He just signed it as Soapy. We're on a first-name basis now, me and Soaps. He's got a nickname. Hashtag WWO, what we learned. The Philadelphia Flyers are 3-0. and I repeat, the Philadelphia Flyers are 3-0. and Yeah, you know what? Full credit to them. I still don't think they're very good. I watched them play. I think that what they're having and experiencing right now is that early Torts bump. And I think they'll come back to Earth because I just don't think they're talented enough. But hey, good on them. More importantly, good on Carter Hart, who's looked very good. And that it was kind of, I didn't, I should have pieced this together when they hired Tortorella, but that was kind of the underlying notion in Columbus that the reason that Bob had so much success was because Torts had them playing a style that, Made life easier on goalies, so good on them. I got, also, um, heart. Speaking of gear. the word, oh, I talked I talk about goalies. So to. Gr- gr- yeah, the, he
2: switched gears. That's how you know it's real. What's up? He switched to Brian's.
0: Who did? Carter Hart. You he, just mentioned Carter Hart. He his switched, pads. He pads. switched his Brian's gear pad, company. Pads. Brian's to Brian's. What was he before? Doug's. He, <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dad. <laughs> no, he was. <laughs> Go ahead. I got one here if you do. not uh, well, you use the word
3: underlying. The Flyers underlying numbers are not good. Right. Right? Like this is not a sustainable way of playing hockey and winning games. The the only ones with a lower expected goals at five on five. Who is this? Thomas Strantz? Are the Arizona Coyotes and the Anaheim Ducks. And by the way, the Buffalo Sabres, um, you know, they got some good goaltending yesterday in Buffalo or yesterday in Edmonton and and got the win, but I don't think we should sit there and go like, oh, the Sabres are good too, right? Here
0: come the Sabres. Uh, Here's one from Chet in Burnaby. You don't see enough Chets these days. Hashtag WWO what we learned. I learned that it was now awfully nice of the Canucks to save Bruce Boudreau's 600th win celebration for his old stomping ground in Minnesota. Yeah, that was nice. Of course, they could have done it in his other old stomping ground of Washington. That he might, might do it fine. at his current
2: stopping ground of Vancouver. Yeah, right. So
0: like there's lots of options out there. Gotta when do they play Anaheim? Could you imagine? Don't look it up. Don't look it up. We don't need to do this exercise. What's happening? Well, I feel I, I feel bad for Boudreau. If there's anyone that I feel ge- like other guys I'm like I'm more angry with, other performances I'm more disappointed with, I just feel bad for Boudreau. I think I think everything's conspiring against him right now. Yeah. And he looks down. He does look down, and yeah. I'm not used to that. He's such a happy, jovial guy. He likes coming mm-hmm. to the rink and everything. I, and, you know, honestly, outside of something really catastrophic happening with, like, a season-ending injury on his team, could this have gone any worse for him? He's chasing the 600th win, and when it comes now, it's going to be, like, the, the band-aid or, like, stemming the tide or stopping the yeah. bleeding. Like, oh, they won, but you still got this huge hole you got to dig yourselves out of. So I do, I feel bad for Bruce. I like Boudreaux a lot.
3: If they can get the win tomorrow in Minnesota mm-hmm. and then build some momentum and get the win at home against Buffalo, things will look a lot better. It will. That'll be two, three, and one, and they'll be on a two game winning streak. Mm-hmm. Those are two big ifs right now with this team. They're going to go into tomorrow's game against the wild as betting underdogs. The wild are going to be really motivated because they're winless. Same as the blue jackets, but the wild are a better team than the blue jackets. So it's, it's tough. they, You know, this is obviously like, no kidding, Captain Obvious stuff, but you don't want to have your home opener when you've already played five games on the road and you haven't won one because you want your home fans behind you. You don't want your home fans turning on you. And that can happen because fans are fans, right? Like they get mad at you. Uh And right now this fan base is, while they want the Canucks to do well, they're angry with them. They're frustrated with them. They're frustrated. At everyone, everyone's got their own whipping boy. We got some guy texting in constantly blaming Demko, and has Demko been really good? No, but like I've yeah, they're they, like everyone has like what Quinn Hughes can't take care of the puck. And that's true. Uh, J T Miller obviously getting a lot of. Uh, criticism, but like everyone almost has their own hobby horse of guys that like, there's a lot of Tanner Pearson hate right now. Right. It, it is, it is one of these situations where everything has gone wrong. It seemed like for the Canucks. So everyone's got playing the blame game, whether it's coaching, you know, management, ownership, players, whatever media, sometimes we'll get in trouble. Right. And fair enough. It's probably our fault too.
0: Uh, you wanna you want the most positive what we learned of the bunch? I think this is genuine and authentic. I don't think he, I don't think Gunnar and Kelowna is trying to put one over on us. This is a this is the most optimistic what we learned of the bunch. Hashtag WWO what we learned, Gunnar and Kelowna. Even with the slow start, the Canucks are currently only two points out of a playoff spot. So there is time. Turn it around.
3: They're yeah. actually only one point out of a playoff spot because St. Louis has the second wild card spot right now. Uh Here's the thing. Are we standings the Blue- watching right the now? Blue- yeah. The Blues have played one game, right. and they're up on the Canucks because they won that game.
0: Damn, those games in hand <laughs> they always kill you. They always kill you. You know what? Gunner and Kelowna, though, I-, I do appreciate your optimism here. The Canucks, and to be even more optimistic, they're only one point out of the playoffs, guys. Right, We're standings watching here. Remember when the NHL started the season in Europe, and I was keeping an eye on Nashville? I'm like it's one of the teams we got to chase. They're going to make the playoffs. See, I was thinking ahead. You got one there. Or you want me to do another one? You do another one. I'm carrying the load right now. Uh, this one's <laughs> from long time done one. Well, I did two. Well, three. It's wiped them out. I did three actually. Yeah. I'm just, Boy, is he tired? I'm super tired. <laughs> uh, what we learned from Goldie, long time texter to the program, Goldie. I was thinking about this the other day. We need to bring back player drops to pump this team up. So we had a long debate during the break because a lot of people were texting in like, can you guys just go to the jock jams? For those that don't know, it's been a Halford and Bruff tradition that anytime the boys need to get out of a funk, we dedicate an entire show to playing jock jams. If you don't know what jock jams are, go to a sporting event. Any of those arena anthems they play, they put them on a CD. Everyone had it when they were 13. Y'all ready for this? There you go. So that one of my solutions around the licensed music issue was we could get A-Dog to sing. All of the jock well, Br- jams. Well, Bruff suggested mm-hmm.
1: the three of us, or four of us, do an a cappella version of one of the jock jams and make it so bad that they couldn't possibly sue us. Shake that body for me. See?
0: It's already terrible. Yeah. That wasn't bad. Pump. Um, pump the jam. There you go. Pump it up. <laughs> you Let's... know what? We've workshopped it. It stinks. <laughs> um, yeah. More to the point, we could still do the drops. I don't know what happened to them. They dropped off the face of the earth. Well, we used to yeah, do them all we, the time. We could do them, yeah. You seem very dour on trying to. You got to get the boys. We got to rally the boys. We've been trying to rally the boys. We haven't. We really don't haven't want done, to be rallied. We've actually haven't done anything.
3: <laughs> what are you <laughs> talking about? We've ended our shows with like, "Come on, boys, let's, let's get after!" Her. I don't know. That's all I can do. That's, a, that's that's my kind of like hockey background in the dressing room. Come on, boys. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Here we go. That's
0: Heart, all I got. Let's win. Win to third. No, um, I, I haven't done. I mean, I I put the jinx on Demko the other night. That's all I did.
3: Uh, what we learned from Ryan in the ridge. Ryan starts out, hey, remember when Boudreaux got mad when the Canucks blew a third period lead against Seattle in the preseason? Yes. And everyone said, don't worry, not a big deal. It's only the exhibition uh, schedule. Well, we learned, what we learned was that he was right and we were
0: all wrong. So, uh, Sat and Dan, oh, by the way, we were on TV yesterday for pregame show. So, all you folks that are complaining that there's not a dedicated pregame show on television, boom, Sportsnet gave you what you wanted. Okay? You got Sat and Dan right here in this studio. Uh, sat after the show, doing the postgame show with Bick, made a point of saying, and I remember when he said it at the time, he said, the key to the whole thing in the preseason wasn't harping on the result, but harping on the processes. And there were, he, again, this is Sat's very s- solid analysis. He noticed that there was a lot of things that were popping up in the preseason that you're like, ooh, that's not a great habit, or ooh, that's not great execution, or ooh, that could be a problem. You don't, and in the preseason, you always say that well, the results don't matter. It's about how you're conducting your business.
3: So, when it comes to habits on ice, habits, yes, then you have to have a serious conversation about whether or not Bruce Boudreau is the right coach for them. Is this a is this a team that needs a motivational coach like Bruce Boudreau, or is it a team that needs a, I guess you would call it
1: a technical coach? Is this why they didn't extend him? because they're thinking, yes, I wonder I if this is so. like, oh, yes. maybe this won't work. I don't think this you manager. Got Mike, well, this... Mike Yo over there? He's like, hey, guys. Well, Barry waving. Trotz is out there. That's right. Everyone keeps saying his name. Does Barry Trotz teach
3: his system? I feel like he's had some success with that. He's okay. Trotzy. Right? I love Trotz, man. I mean, Trotz I is I, out I, there. <laughs> I
1: hate talking like Boudreau's, You know, gone. At, but yeah. <laughs> I love Trotz, so I just got to say, like, he's always been one of my favorite coaches.
3: Now, you can also have the conversation about, could Barry Trotz even take this Canucks team and teach it how to play Barry Trotz hockey or... Should this team, the way it's comprised with the personnel, be playing Barry Trotz type hockey? I have I mean, time for that conversation. I mean, do, do you think Barzell liked Barry Trotz hockey? Do you think he Do you think he loved it?
0: I I don't know. I mean, he had would Pedersen. It went he, okay. I, I think, think Petey would. He might. Yeah. I, I think Petey would. I'll put this to bed right Petey's now. Petey's defensively
3: responsible. He has good yeah. defensive instincts. Mm-hmm.
0: I'll put this to bed right now. I bet Barry Trotz wants no part of this. Yeah, probably.
1: He looks at that decor. He's like, nah.
0: I bet he's just waiting for this to happen in Toronto, where it's like, "Oh, I'll take that team." Yeah, they feel like they're a lot closer to winning a Stanley Cup, and then he'll turn them into a defensive Dynamo, because that's the that's the game plan in Toronto, right? Like Sheldon Keefe, that's the, when when this thing eventually gets to the point where it's untenable. Keefe's out, Trotz is in.
3: What about New Jersey, or is New Jersey just going to go to Andrew Brunette? Is yeah, that is uh, that if the I, plan?
0: If, if you're Barry Trotz and you're the number one marquee free, agent Barry Trotz
3: in goal maybe for the
0: Devils. No, don't do that. <laughs> he <They> brings <laughs> Mitch corn. He comes
2: along with Barry Trotz a lot of the time. He ain't fixing Could be good
0: that. Good point. I can't remember. I someone tweeted this out yesterday. I can't remember where I saw it. And it's like it's amazing that New Jersey didn't solve the goalie situation by signing Washington's crappy backup. I was like, yeah, that's fair. Right, because Blackwood's
1: been getting the starts though,
2: so I don't yeah, know. Why. Well, I
0: think Vanacek was supposed to be the guy that was going to push him to be better. TG anyway, in the, TG in the
1: valley in the inbox makes a good point. Jt What's Miller that? would hate trots hockey.
3: I don't, I, I don't. But I, maybe that's the point, right? Yeah, because playing detailed hockey isn't easy, and it's like Daryl Sutter hockey. It's it's just being on the right side of the puck and keeping your feet moving defensively. It's not fun to do. It's what winning teams do, though. If it, if it was, if everything was easy, right? I mean, that's, that's a whole thing with hockey. I feel like we went through a stage in hockey, um, and maybe analytics had something to do this where so much love got put on the offensive players. And I'm not saying this is necessarily wrong, but maybe some of the two way players were a little bit forgotten. And attacking hockey was so emphasized. And look, we've seen an uptick in attacking hockey. We've seen an uptick in scoring. The game is way different than it was like a decade ago. But now I feel like there might be a bit of a rebound and then people are going back to like, hey, you know what? Like guys like, uh, I don't know, like a Philip Deneau in LA are more valued than they used to be. And yeah. we talked about the three guys down the middle in Calgary, right? Like Lindholm, Cadre, and Backland. You're laughing at something. What are you laughing about? I know you're not engaged in this this conversation engaged. at all.
0: I can't I don't know why this is so funny. It's so stupid. I don't know someone just texted in. Trots, there
1: it is. I don't <laughs> Trotz there it is. That's good. Doesn't quite have the <laughs> it's, same. It's,
0: or... Come on, Jason. That's worth it. A... One was guy was like, good, hey, do it yeah. to the tune of the
1: shots song. <laughs> no, no, Trotz, trots
0: trots trots, 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 <laughs> trots. there it is is so stupid that it's funny. I don't know what to say. <laughs> we, we need a
2: bruise there he goes before we get a trots, there it is.
0: I feel bad. I, I do like Boudreau a lot. I don't think is. I, I don't think it should fall at his feet. No. It shouldn't. But it's going to, because I know how this works, yeah. right? And I know that you know the hesitation from management and the executive was a a harbinger of what was to come. I think
3: if you're reading between the lines between what Jim Rutherford uh, said about Bruce Boudreau last year, he said Bruce Boudreau was right for the Canucks at the time that they hired him. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an assessment that is fair because let's face it, the Canucks needed something sunny to walk into their lives and say, you guys are okay, right? You're good hockey players, but – Hanging, left hanging was, is he the right coach for them going forward? Like, like once they're out of their
0: funk, is he the right guy going well, forward? That was
2: the contract extension talk surrounding Exactly.
0: It, right? That's everyone was talking about. Well, I mean, the issue, the biggest issue was, all of last season, what was the one thing you could say about Boudreaux's tenure as Canucks head coach? There was no pressure. There wasn't. They were already losing a ton of games. If they lost a ton more, it just would have been the status quo. So they won a bunch of games and he's like, you know, kind of had the the affable, friendly, charismatic Bruce Boudreaux approach to it. That entire vibe was gone the moment that expectations came in, the moment that they ran it back with the particular guys that they had. And the moment that he, whether rightly or wrongly, came out and said it, that you're not making the playoffs would be a disaster for us. Yeah. All of a sudden, there's pressure. And what does pressure result in? Players only meetings. Healthy scratching veterans four games into the season. And then I can't even begin to tell you how much pressure there's going to be on them to get off this losing streak and win in Minnesota on Thursday night.
3: Could they get a goose?
0: Or you get a goose. Trots the way, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, I like it. The The show
1: has been
3: canceled. Please
0: stop. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Uh, It's been a fun day. Thank you all for joining us. Tomorrow is Thursday, and then it's Friday. So at the very least, things are looking up. But for now, we got to go. Signing off, I have been Mike Halford. He has been Jason Brough. He's been A-Dog. The Trot's puns that are coming in are all terrible. And he has been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Brough Show on Sportsnet 650.